For over a year now, our community, our country, our world have been plagued by a coronavirus threatening and in many cases impacting our health. Fortunately, we now have vaccines to provide immunity to COVID-19. And that's our focus today, sharing vital information and, hopefully, to answer many of the questions you may have about them. For this, we turn to an expert. Dr. Kristen Bussey is an assistant professor of pharmacy administration and regulatory sciences and the research oversight program director in the School of Pharmacy at the Medical College of Wisconsin. Dr. Bussey shares that the COVID-19 vaccines are known as messenger RNA or mRNA vaccines, which make proteins to trigger an immune response in our body. mRNA vaccines work by entering your cells, and we know that mRNA doesn't enter your DNA, but what it does do is it teaches your body to recognize that COVID-19 spike protein, then your body develops antibodies. To that spike protein and that's what helps you fight off COVID-19 once you are exposed to it again. So once you've received the COVID-19 vaccination, you're potentially going to react less severely because it thinks you've already been exposed to the virus and that's the reason why people who are vaccinated they either have no symptoms at all once they've been exposed or they have less severe symptoms than people who are not vaccinated. To date, there are two authorized COVID-19 vaccines, one each by drug makers Pfizer and Moderna. Dr. Bussey explains some of the key differences between them. Differences include the timing of those doses. So Pfizer's dosing series is day one for the initial shot, and then you get a booster 21 days later. Moderna's day one, you get your first shot, and then you get a booster 28 days later. The vaccines also have different age restrictions. Pfizer can be given to people who are 16 and older. Of course, you have to have parental consent, whereas Moderna is authorized only for 18 and older. Different storage conditions. Pfizer is the one that requires the negative 80 Celsius, and Moderna just requires regular freezer temperatures. Different shelf lives once thawed. With the refrigeration, once the vaccines are thawed, Pfizer has a much shorter window. It's only good for five days under refrigeration, whereas Moderna, once it's thawed, it's good for 30 days under refrigeration. So that's one of the reasons why Pfizer is so tricky to handle for a lot of different institutions. Thereby creating different distribution logistics for the vaccines. Because of those storage conditions, the state is managing it through a central hub and spoke model. Pfizer is received frozen by the hub and then it's distributed to the smaller spoke sites in special coolers to make sure that those refrigerated conditions are maintained. Whereas Moderna is shipped directly to the authorized vaccinator sites who have that storage capacity and the regular freezers and refrigerators. And in her role helping run the vaccine clinic at Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin, she knows these challenges firsthand. I actually work really closely with DHS region's vaccine supply manager, and MCW is providing the ultra-cold freezer storage for our DHS region's Pfizer vaccine. It might sound somewhat simple to distribute vaccine to a variety of different sites, but from working on the inventory side and also distributing vaccine to our patients who are coming into clinic, nothing about this is simple related to COVID-19 distribution. 
As far as the ingredients in the two approved COVID-19 vaccines, Dr. Bussey says they're similar, but with a few proprietary differences. The same technology was used to create these, but they do have some slight differences in their inactive ingredients, including the lipid layer that surrounds the mRNA. And it's the differences in this lipid layer that helps protect the mRNA so it can get into your cells that accounts for the different storage conditions that are required for Pfizer and Moderna. Something else they have in common, each requires two doses to fully protect you from COVID-19. But why two doses? That first dose is called the priming dose because your body is first introduced to the vaccine. When we're vaccinating people against COVID-19, that first dose is your first exposure to what your body thinks the virus looks like. Then, after the first, or priming dose, the immune system needs a few weeks to build up the antibodies. And then the second dose is referred to the booster dose because that's the fine-tuning of the antibody response to ensure that we have even stronger protection against the virus once you encounter it in real life. That's based on clinical trials and evidence that they have to support the best protection you have after getting both doses. As far as which vaccine to get, you may or may not have a choice depending on the available supply when you're eligible. But regardless of which you receive, Dr. Bussey is confident both are effective. At the end of the day, I would encourage people to be vaccinated with either Pfizer or Moderna because we want to reach that vaccination rate to attain the herd immunity with either Moderna, Pfizer, or whatever else might be coming out in the future. Also, depending on which vaccine you get, a couple of things to remember. First, it's important that you receive your second dose from the same place you received your first dose, both because you wanna make sure that you are getting the same vaccine that you got the first time, but also the way that the CDC and the DHS are handling vaccine allocation. We automatically receive that shipment of second doses to match the first doses that we received. So it's really important that people go back to the same location and hopefully you're being scheduled to receive those second doses as you're walking out the door or very soon after you've left the clinic. And if you're thinking of getting the first, but maybe skipping the second dose, don't. There is some information out there about the level of protection you receive after the first dose, but it varies. So if you think about it, what the FDA reviewed was both doses. What was authorized for use is both doses. So people need both doses in order to be safely and effectively protected against COVID-19. Even with two vaccines already in use, are there still other COVID-19 vaccines in development? Oh, absolutely. I'm actually really excited about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine that will be reviewed by the FDA shortly. And based on the precedent that was set by Moderna and Pfizer, we should hopefully have Johnson & Johnson vaccine sometime in March. It's a single injection and it has much longer stability under refrigeration. So this is really going to be ideal for the younger population who are in college or homeless shelters where you have transient people. There'll be so much opportunity for it in the community. Once a patient receives one of the currently available vaccines, how long does it take to build immunity against COVID-19? Some immunity develops after the first dose, but studies differ. We know that peak immunity occurs five to six weeks after receiving the second dose, 
although, of course, immunity is not 100%, which is why it's really important to remember to continue practicing the three W's. Wear your mask, watch your distance, and wash your hands. Even after you've been fully vaccinated, you have the potential to carry the virus and spread that to other people who aren't vaccinated. What about side effects after receiving either the first or second dose? Are there common ones? The common side effects are very similar between Moderna and Pfizer. They're generally not very severe in nature, and they resolve within a day after the dose. Common side effects include soreness, redness, swelling around the injection site. Then there's the potential systemic side effects like fatigue, nausea, headache, fever, and chills. Those are the signs that your immune system is working, so it's actually somewhat of a good thing. But other people don't have side effects at all. And Dr. Bussey says having a more severe reaction to the vaccine is possible. But it's not very likely. Nationally, the actual rate of anaphylaxis is 2 to 10 per 100,000 people. There's been no deaths and very few hospitalizations actually due to COVID-19 vaccines. In our own MCW clinic, we've had zero severe, immediate, allergic, anaphylactic reactions. But the benefits of receiving the COVID-19 vaccine far outweigh any risks. We've heard horror stories all of 2020 as COVID spread through the country. We know what those risks are. Now we have this vaccine, the FDA has done their due diligence reviewing the safety and efficacy. The FDA has arguably the best method and the best system in the world to review safety and efficacy data from clinical trials to determine what is safe and effective to release to the public in the U.S. What about concern surrounding the speed with which the vaccines were developed? These vaccines have undergone that same rigorous review they do for any licensed product, any drug, any injection, any vaccine that has been released for distribution and use by the public. And while these vaccines were fast-tracked under an emergency use authorization, shortening the review timeline... It's not any less robust. It's not anything short of their due diligence to make sure it's safe and effective before it goes into distribution for the public. Which is why Dr. Bussey says she's confident in the safety of the vaccines for herself and others. As we continue to vaccinate, we're seeing in distribution what the clinical trials showed us. And so at the end of the day, I'm always going to say, go get your vaccination because we know the risk of COVID and we know that the FDA has done their job in making sure that these vaccines are safe and effective for us to use. Lately, we've been hearing about mutations of the COVID-19 virus. Will the COVID-19 vaccines work against these variants? We really need more studies and data on our currently available vaccines. There's a very high degree of confidence that any of these mutations don't significantly change the structure of that spike protein of the virus. So that means the vaccine should still be effective. But this could also mean... Going forward, COVID-19 virus might accumulate different mutations, and that's why this might turn into more of a seasonal booster shot like we have flu shots right now. Because this is a new virus. So far, the supply of the vaccine is limited. The CDC and then our state had to decide who should get vaccinated first. So we're doing our best to follow the recommendations. Right now in Wisconsin, people who are eligible include frontline healthcare, nursing home residents, long-term care residents, 
first responders, and everybody over 65. The next phase includes education and child care. Is there anyone who should not get a COVID-19 vaccination? A big question is about people who are pregnant or breastfeeding. And the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists have put out a statement that COVID-19 vaccines shouldn't be withheld from pregnant individuals who meet the criteria for vaccination. Based on the CDC guidelines, anybody with any underlying medical condition should have a conversation with their primary care provider to weigh that risk versus benefit. At the MCW Vaccine Clinic, does she see more people who are eager or hesitant to get vaccinated? Practically everyone is overjoyed to have the opportunity to be vaccinated. We have such skilled healthcare personnel in our clinic who provide wonderful counseling to our patients. We make sure that they're calm and ready to be vaccinated so that they're able to protect themselves and their loved ones. She shares some memorable examples. One person I heard say, this is the first vaccination they've had in over 50 years. Another's from a young African-American gentleman who said this was his very first vaccination ever. I almost cried when he was in clinic. It was emotional for everybody. And I think that says a lot about the COVID-19 vaccines. There are many public perceptions about the vaccines. We asked Dr. Bussey to address some of them. First, the idea that receiving the COVID-19 vaccine will make you sick with the virus. No part of the COVID-19 virus is included in any COVID-19 vaccine, both those that are currently available and those that are coming up. There's no live virus, there's no attenuated or deadened virus as part of these vaccines. The idea that once a person receives both doses, they're no longer a threat to spread COVID-19. That's a common misperception, but it's still a very real possibility that people who have been vaccinated can still infect other people who aren't vaccinated. The idea that someone who's recovered from COVID-19 doesn't need the vaccine. The longest amount of immunity we've seen so far is about 90 days. After those 90 days, you're not as protected as you were before. So it's not anything that should prevent you from getting a vaccine that will have longer term immunity. There's the idea that the COVID-19 vaccination can alter our DNA. That's definitely a no, because mRNA can't get into the nucleus of your cell where the DNA is housed. It can't alter anything. The vaccine contains a tiny microchip that's implanted in the recipient. Definitely not. This is not a way for our government to control us and track us. Or the vaccine causes infertility in women. That's a myth. The American Society of Reproductive Medicine don't believe these vaccines will cause increased risk of infertility. If you're at all hesitant about getting the COVID-19 vaccine, talk to healthcare professionals who know about the vaccines and about the data that would help inform your decision. And if you've already been vaccinated, share your story. You know, knowledge really is power to help end this pandemic and hope is with the vaccine.